0: The internal and external mission for his church. Now, I started the series talking about or giving you objectives we wanted to cover. We have covered a lot of those objectives if you've been paying um, close attention. We walked through two weeks ago the internal mission of the church found in Acts chapter 2, which is to devote themselves to the teachings, um, to fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. Yes. Um, I said this before. Christians should have regular fellowship with other Christians. Write that in your notes. Christians should have regular fellowship with other Christians. Come on, said that. Said Christians, Christians should, have regular, should have regular, not regular, regular, regular um, fellowship with other Christians. Um, number three was sharing in meals. So we can eat. We can eat. Um, and number four was prayer. That 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 is the internal mission. That is what we should be doing as believers as followers of Jesus Christ, as disciples, as discipled ones. Um, and then we went to the external mission of the church, and we talked about the dynamic duo of evangelizing and making disciples. Um, evangelizing and making disciples. This is our task. This is our unique and central Calling. I don't care if you're black, white, Baptist, Kojic, this is the external and central calling and mission of His church. Anything else is not the will of God. This, it, you can do other things, but the central mission, this is it. Trust me, this is our purpose to fulfill. This is what he left us here to do. This is why he didn't save us and take us out of here because there's a work we have to do on the earth. I read to you on Wednesday night, he says, don't take them out of the world, leave them in the world, but protect them from the evil one because I have a work for them to do. I'm going away, but I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to leave you the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost to help you, to be your guide, to be your aid, to show you things to come, to hear from the Father and speak it to you. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He's going to help you with the mission. So when you say, I can't do it, you can, because he left you a helper. Say amen to that. And so the dynamic duo, Mark chapter 16, says go and preach the gospel, the good news to all the world. What is the good news? The good news is that Jesus did a thing for you. The good news is that Jesus took care of your sin account. The good news is you don't have to die and go to hell. The good news is you can live a life of purpose and fulfillment. That's the good news. Go and preach that to everybody. Every nation. Every people group black, white, yellow, red, brown. Go and preach that. And then Matthew 28 says, and make disciples of every people group. Teach them the teachings of Christ. Teach them the teachings of Paul so they can follow those teachings. Evangelize them and disciple them. Let them know the good news. They receive the good news and teach them how to live with their families. Teach the single mother how to raise her children. Teach the widow how to have a Field life. Teach those that are married how to have a marriage made in heaven. Teach the young people how to live a teenage life in Christ. How to not just in church in school. Teach them how to go to the laundromat and get along with everybody. These are the lessons of Christ. We have made the teachings only about church. You're only here one day a week. So we do real good up in here, up in here. But when we leave here, we lack some of the teaching that we should be applying to our life. He says, so go and make disciples. Elder Floyd said it good yesterday. He says, when you do the evangelizing and introducing, that's introducing people to peace. Because the whole world is looking for peace. What did I say peace was on Wednesday night? It was the magnificent obsession of rest. The whole world is looking for that. There is a void in the world that we are trying to fill with everything else. And us as believers have the answer to that void. We have the answer, but here is where the problem has come in. We have the answers, but we lack some of the fruit. And fruit is attractive. So if we have the answer, the peace, the prince of peace on the inside of us that walks us through this life, so we're not always bothered by everything and we live above the system and we're 10 times better, but we don't have that fruit displayed in our lives at people that we're trying to witness to kind of question like, wait a minute, you're telling me about this prince of peace, but you're always worried. you was in a break room complaining about the boss and the raise we didn't get with everybody else and so we all said we all we all have some learning to do some continual learning to do evangelism write this down um, is the ministry of sharing the good news the good news of Jesus that men have been forgiven they have been reconciled they have been made right with God they have been made right with God people stay away from faith communities because they feel like I'm not right with God I'm not right with God but the good news says you've been made right with God we got to tell the world that you don't approach the world like this you know Jesus because you know you're going to hell right that's not how you approach the world I know we've been taught that. I know some of us got saved like that. We had hell scared out of us, so we said, let me get saved. That is not the approach. He says, preach the good news. The good news is Jesus loves you. You've been forgiven. You are accepted in the beloved. Come on here. Come on here. You've been reconciled, and you've been made right with God. Now receive what he's done for you. Receive what he's done. Discipleship, it is training of believers to become discipled or disciplined followers of Jesus and his principles. Here is where we all got to keep moving, learning and walking in his principles. That's what it means to be a believer. I learned the teachings of Christ, the teachings of Paul, and I walk in them in my life. If you read the, the, the latter end of the New Testament, the New Covenant, it tells you how to live. How to get along with people, how to deal with your spouse, how to deal with your children, how to deal with your parents. It tells you all all of that, how to live this life, how to deal with conflict. It tells you when you fall out with somebody what to do. It's all in there about forgiveness and restoration. It's all in the word of God. That's why we have to turn our local assemblies into teaching centers again to teach people how to live according to the principles. I can't preach you that. It has to be taught. Preaching gives you inspiration. Teaching gives you information that you can use, that you can apply and go on and on and on and on and get better in your life. Are you listening to me? So, So we talked about discipleship. We read Matthew chapter 28 and we said this, there is no greater purpose for the church than to introduce others to Jesus Christ. Put that in your notes. There is no greater purpose for the church than to introduce others to Jesus Christ and the greatest way to introduce others to Jesus Christ is through our own living I did not say perfect living because no one under the sound of my voice is perfect but our hearts are turned toward God we love Jesus Christ we want to live for him we want to do right by our families and our children but sometimes we err sometimes we make mistakes sometimes we stumble but thank God for Jesus he's already taken care of that um, as well so the greatest example to introduce those to Jesus is our our life it's our life it's our life now now the mission of the church is a continuation of his earthly ministry what a privilege to continue he was here 33 years and walked the earth and did wonderful things and left the rest of his mission to us what a privilege that is i get to continue the mission of jesus ain't that something i said ain't that good and it's not just for the clergy or the elders or those that have been called to a certain platform. It is for everybody. Said so this, well. this is my mission as well. So let's clarify um, the framework of discipleship. Let's clarify um, the framework of discipleship. Um, the first thing is this. I need you to write it down. Okay? If they can put it on the screen, it, it'll be better because it's a lot to say. Here we go. The, clarifying the framework of discipleship. Disciple making is an intentional, say intentional, process of teaching new believers, existing believers, evangelizing non-believers, and equipping leaders. This is discipleship, which means all of us are teachers and learners at the same time. Tell your neighbor, say, "You you never stop learning. I said, you never stop learning. You never stop learning. You're always learning. You're always growing. You're always learning more about yourself, learning more about your deficiencies. Whenever God makes you aware of deficiencies in your life, it is not to ridicule you or expose you or make a mock out of you. It is to teach you some things you got to do to grow. It is to identify some things in your life that may be keeping you from where you really want to be. That's the whole purpose of it. Are you listening? Discipleship is an intentional process. Say intentional. intentional. Intentional process. Say process. process. See, we're trying to clean up folk and have them ready by tomorrow. Doesn't work like that. You wouldn't eat no food that somebody cooked in three minutes. We got turkey and we got dressing and, um, and, and we got potato salad. Girl, I got home at 10.30 and I had that food ready by 10.45. Well, I don't want none of it. You mean you started cooking turkey and dressing and greens at 10.30 and it was already at 10.45? Help yourself, dear. I don't want a lick of it. (laughs) Say process. Process. Here's the thing about process for believers. It never ends. Did y'all catch that? I said process never ends. Never ends. You're always learning. You're always growing. You're always shedding off old. You're always picking up new. You're always, always coming to know God, which makes you come to know yourself. There are things about me that I just learned in the last two years, three years about myself. And I've been with myself as long as I've been with myself. So how am I just learning that about myself? because the more you look at yourself through the mirror of the word it exposes things in you that said now wait a minute this ain't okay now wait a minute we got to drop this off now wait a minute you got to change this up now wait a minute that attitude is not lining up with, with what you desire in life now wait a minute yo your disposition is wrong on this one now wait a minute you ain't seeing this right when you use the word as your mirror And so you're always learning. You should be a disciple and a disciple maker at the same time. Who's discipling you? Who's discipling you? Well, I'm an elder now. I've been in church 30 years. I need to worship. I I, I, I done graduated from that. I'm on the prayer team. I'm on the prayer ministry. You know God called me to be a prophet, right? I don't care what you are. You never stop learning. (laughs) because I've never seen so many people with titles that know more than they understand. Just because you know it don't mean you understand it. And if you don't understand it, you can't even rightly divide it and there can't be no fruit in your life. There's things in my home right now I don't understand and I live there. I've been living there seven years. You know why? I never took the time to understand it. I was studying over the dishwasher the other day, looking at it in all. Oh, like now, there's a button here, and um, do I push this one right here? And um, now, what about I don't know about this one? And uh, London. And, and, and. It looks good. I know it cleans the dishes. It dries them off when you finish. It's working properly. I just don't understand it. And the reason I don't understand it is not because I can't understand it. I've not done what it takes to gain understanding. He says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Not because there's no knowledge. They refuse to receive it. It's a choice. Who's discipling you? Who can can pour into you? Who can give you wisdom? Who can check you? Who can help you understand the scripture? Who's assigned to help you with your marriage? Who's who's assigned to help you with your children? Because whenever you want to advance in life, God connects you with a person. See, only the church fights that. I don't need nobody. Y'all just a man just like me. You I, you, I put on my pants just like you, one leg at a time. You don't know how I put my pants on. I stand on the side of my bed and jump in my pants. You don't know what I do. The world understands that if I want to go somewhere, I got to be connected to somebody. Not a natural connection. Somebody has to pour. Who's pouring? Who's pointing to you and then who are you pouring into? And if you're in the middle and nobody's pouring into you and you're not pouring into anybody, then you're not fulfilling God's agenda for your life. I don't care where you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your status is. I don't care how much money you make. You have something to offer somebody. I need you to hear that because some of you all have canceled yourself out. I don't have nothing. I don't know nothing. I didn't finish school. I'm not not like them. And you don't know what them is. You don't know what them going through. But you have something to offer. Something in your present. Something even from your past that you have overcome or even still working through. Some folk want to just know that you are real just like them. Yeah, I'm here this morning, sister, but today ain't a good day for me. Because you do know believers. I know you got faith and you confess, but believers have days that just ain't sometimes good. Today wasn't a good day for the royal household. Pray for us. Passing on me, pray. Yes. You have something to offer. So I'm not qualified to, make, to help people with being disciples. Yes, you are. Right where you are. I say, yeah. And as a matter of fact, whether you know it or not, somebody's watching you. Your cousin watching you, your sister's on your job. Somebody's watching you. You're right. You're right. All the time. All the time. They go to that cat. They'll be at Lifeline. They're watching. They're watching your Facebook posts. Because you can tell people's life just from this. It's cold up in here. Y'all get this fan and stuff on up in here? I, I thought it was the wind of the Holy Ghost. I'm like, no, that's just cold. It's, you know, whenever folks sitting in church like this, that's a sign that it's probably cold. Everybody should be a learner and a teacher at the same time. Yes, the gathering should be educational, not just celebratory. You should leave here and having learned something every time you come. If we just dance, we've missed part of the gathering. Oh, I just said something right there. So it's number one. Put number one back up there. Precious sister upstairs in the upper room. Disciple making is an intentional process of teaching new believers, ex believers, and evangelizing non-believers, and equipping leaders. I'm talking to a room full of leaders. Just hasn't been tapped for some of you yet. Because somebody told you you ain't no leader. You may not be acting like one, but you're a leader. Some of you got great callings in your life. I don't care what you were doing before. You were that when you were doing that. You got a call you your life the pastor. When you were in the club drinking, you were a pastor drinking in the club. Because the calling didn't come once you stopped drinking. Before the foundation of the world, I knew you and I called you and I destined you to be a thing. So when you was getting high, you were God's psalmist. When you was backing that thing up, you was God's intercessor. You was that's that's why. That's why when you were out there, you weren't always comfortable. Because you knew you didn't fit. You was trying to fit someone you didn't fit. You put the outfit on, and you went out there with the heels on, and you put your shirt open, you took your taco meat, and you walked, and you—it just wasn't, it, but it didn't fit. It didn't fit. That's why some of y'all God called you in the club. He said, "Get out of here." You said, "Okay, Jesus." You trying to lift the pod and play the pod, and it didn't fit because there was something on you and they kept trying to say why you don't want to go and why you don't want to hang because something has been pulling me since my childhood there's something that's been on my life since my childhood and I don't know what it is but I know what it ain't it ain't this and that's why you need circles that's going to help you identify what's on your life and help push you in the right direction but if we all blind and lost Sitting right here under the sound of my voice is a room full of people with purpose. Ooh, that's all kind of things I'm looking at here. And you've been trying to fit in other places and do other things. And God says, this is what I've called you to do before the foundation of the world. Look, look how deep this is. Before you were in your mother's womb. That's why it says reconcile people back to God because at some point before your mother's womb we knew him oh this thing is! oh say oh you knew him he knew you he, I, I had to slow down and read that it did not say when you were in your mother's stomach I ordain you it says before so where was I at before so you're not an accident You're not a mistake. I don't care how you got here, but premarital sex doesn't matter. You're here now. And before you were in your mother's womb, I carved out a destiny for you, an expected end for you, and I don't live in time. I live outside of time, says God. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I sit outside of time and watch your life so you can get to your expected end. I've already carved it out. And that's why you got to be a disciple to help you get to your expected end. You ain't got to write your story, it's already written. I, I lost the room. You ain't got to write your story, it's already been written. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the things, the story God has created for you. And we shout right there, praise God, eyes ain't seen, ears ain't heard, that's not enough for me. I need to know what that story is so I can start walking it out and attach myself to the right people to get me from here to here, then from here to here. And I'm all the while getting to my expected end. I told my son, I said, you're here, the goal is to get here, I don't want you to do this, I want you to do bit by bit. And every part of the journey, God's gonna connect you with somebody to take you to the next place, and into the next place, and into the next place. And that's why you can't be around the wrong boogers, because they'll get you off course. Have you leaving somewhere too soon, or moving too fast, or following the crowd? I don't care if everybody's wearing red, I'm gonna wear my yellow t shirt and follow God. Because I'm a disciple maker and I'm a disciple. My pastor disciples me. Of other people in my life that disciple me. And I follow them. I follow their lead. I imitate them. I ain't imitate nobody. Yeah, you really do. You really do. You didn't think of that outfit. You saw it somewhere. Which means you... Imitate somebody. You didn't think of that hairstyle. You saw it somewhere. They said, girl, that's nice. Bring me four bags too. I want that same style. You, you didn't think of that. I said you didn't think of that. When when the kids go to the store to get their drip, is, they still use the term drip so. to get their drip, they outfits. They ain't end up being creative. They're going to get what they saw. And they'll tell you, this is what everybody is wearing. Then you come to church and say, I ain't following nobody. I ain't imitating nobody. I imitate, I imitate those above me. I watch my pastor every Sunday morning. And sometimes I even watch what he got on. And I say, oh, he wearing a suit today. Let me see if I got some suits in here clean. You too over there be following a man like that. That's why you where you are. It says, follow them who through faith and patience are walking in the promises of God. Imitate them. Let them disciple you. I imitate. I follow. I look to see what's working in their life. I give them the benefit of the doubt. Because I don't live with him. My pastor can get off TV and go beat his wife every day. I wouldn't know. But, but I, I assume he's a man of God, a man of integrity and he's doing well by his wife. So I try to imitate and do well by London. Because I have somebody that's discipling me. And when you get in trouble and when you mess up, disciple makers don't throw disciples away. They say, come here now and let's talk about this. Now, what happened here? Let's meet a couple times. Let's get this fixed out. Where does this come from? Because disciple making is what I call, write this down, investment and journey. Investment and journey. I'm investing in you. I'm journeying with you. However that looks. And it may not look like you came, I discipled you. We prayed and you've been living your best life ever since. It may look like we prayed and then you called me and now you high again. Or I saw you on Facebook doing something you probably don't want to be doing right now. But here I am. Say, hey, hey, sister, what's, what's going on? You good? That don't look good on you. You might not want to do that. You I going to tell me what to do. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. Uh, who, y'all, who y'all two people think they is? i get up. No. Tell me what to do. Correct me. Help me. Teach me. Help me avoid pitfalls. Check. I may get mad. I may mumble under my breath. But lead me to God. It, it, it'll be all right. And I ain't going to tell me what to do. You know where you're standing from? Go over there and sit down. And naturally, sometimes we respond like, who you think you are telling me how that?" And that's fine. Let them do all that. Let God deal with their heart. And they may react a certain way, but they're going to respond right later. Say, like, you know what? You was right. You were absolutely right. I thought about it. I probably shouldn't have been putting my booty on Facebook like that. That wasn't the right thing to do. I didn't see it like that. When I saw the pictures back, I said, man, that's my whole booty. I probably shouldn't put that out there. Number two, real quick. number Number two, number two, number two, number two. I got three. Number two, number two. Disciple making happens in the context of a local church. Disciple making happens in the context of a local church. In the context, not in the building, but in the context of a local community. Through small groups, through hanging out, doing life together, disciple making. And then we transfer, listen to this very carefully. We transfer this great faith that we're living to the next generation. We are living among a generation that does not know the Lord. Somebody stop. Passing it down. I look at this generation, Drew, and they have no idea of God. None. Not church. God. Now we knew God in church. We knew more church than God, but at least we was in church. We was in church. You we went to church every day. You couldn't even hold no job for your church. You had to be at church. You went to church on Sunday morning and got home on Thursday. You mess around, get fired. But now the kids don't know church or God. It's foreign. It's like what? 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 What is that? Somewhere we stopped transferring the faith to the next generation. Somewhere it became okay for your kids not to come to church with you. Somewhere we stop discipling our children. And the enemy is not out to get our kids to wear fancy clothes and smoke weed and watch bad movies. He's out to destroy them. He wants their life. So the context of the local church, or the local community is very important. Which means you got you to put weight on life, kids. You got to put weight on Crave Nation. You got to put weight on life groups. You got to put weight on all the things that your local church offers to help disciple you. And the church said, Amen. look at Ephesians chapter four. I got, I'm out of time, but I'm going to take five minutes. How about that? I said, how about that? Ephesians 4, verse 11, NLT. Mm-hmm. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Look, look, say gifts, gifts that who gave to the church? Christ. Who gave to the church? Christ. If he gave us these gifts, that means we need these gifts because these are the gifts that he gave to the church. Yeah. We didn't create these gifts. We didn't make these gifts up. He gave these gifts to his church. Listen, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, you need all these gifts in the context of every church for it to be healthy. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about how you're used to seeing these gifts operate. We have have all five of these gifts in our church uh, in this room right now. We've just seen such circus games with them that you think we don't have them because we're not parading them around here. And, and, and no, the gifts are present for it to be a healthy church. Right. I knew from 12 years old, I, I, I was gifted to pastor. I knew as I began to pastor, maybe halfway through, that there was an apostolic anointing on my life. Didn't ask for either gift. Either gift. But these gifts are needed for the church to be healthy. And all five should be in full operation in any community. Hmm. It's important. And these gifts help you move through life to your expected end with your gift. Notice. Notice, these are the gifts in the local church. In the earth, you need more than this. You need the mechanic. You need the teacher. You, 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 you need the educators. You need, come on, give me some things that are in the, you need, you need doctors. You need lawyers. These are gifts. I don't care nothing about no doctor. need surgery. She just a nurse, just a nurse? All she is is a teacher, just a teacher? Your child, I I can read, write, and spell because of teachers today. We need that gift in the earth. You don't go to school in the kindergarten and say, stand up all the kids, we are gonna blow the Holy Ghost on y'all so y'all can read, write, and spell. No. They got to go through process. And if your kids skip the process, they end up being 35 and can't read. Now you need your clock to come in. Come on here. And transform and... (laughs) Y'all don't even know y'all movies. He just a mechanic to your car break down. Because I can't change your oil. I got some blessed oil for you, but that don't go in the car. (laughs) So these gifts are needed in the church. Okay, come off the screen. Your gift is needed in the earth. And you still need the siphon. We need people like Bridget. She's a creator. She's on TV. Make people smile in the morning with a TV show. She needs her own show that's a gift why am I saying all this stop minimizing gifts cause they're all needed well he's just a sound man of the church well if it wasn't for him you couldn't hear me right now and we don't realize when gifts are important till there's a deficiency if I start talking and you couldn't hear, all eyes go to the back. What a sound man. What are he doing back there? This don't make no sense. Now he's important. And we got to stop making people important when there's a problem. That's not the only time I'm important when there's a problem. The gifts, discipling in the context of the local church. Your local church helps you with your gift and get from here to here. People came here early on in this church and they started here in their careers. And now they're here. Some have went and moved away. They're doing great things, but they started right here. And somebody discipled them. And they had a mentor. And they talked with their pastor. And they stayed under their covering. And they got his blessing. And they got our prayers. Our prayers and not just I'm going to live my life and do what I want to do and who y'all think y'all is, that's just no. help yourself, because I'm going to tell you this lean in real quick, I got to go lean in real quick, I got some raw zucchini waiting on me I'm not going to pass to anybody that don't want to be passed we gave it up a long time ago you got to submit and let us help you because somebody's helping us right. I, the, the journey I showed my son you start here end up here but you do like this i want that same journey yep. yeah, right. I'm not here looking over everybody saying y'all need to get on the people I met real quick I'm still moving I'm still moving and sometimes I feel like I'm stopped and I'm like God now wait a minute now I was moving fast in 2019 and I was kicking it really in 2017 and, I, and the prophecy came in 2020 and it's like I'm not moving right now. And what we usually do in that time, we say skip it. We pull out and find another road. Well, maybe I need to just relocate then and that'll help me. Maybe I need to just, maybe I need to just, what you gotta do is just stay the course. Because there could be something up the road here. Right here. That's going to be real big. God said, slow down right here. Just slow down. Sit still for a second. I'm working something out ahead of you. We said, no, I got to keep on going. Because you listen to the wrong prophets. And the prophet said, keep moving. That wasn't your prophet. That wasn't your word. Your word was slow down. Some of y'all word is "Go." Go now, move. Go now, do it. It's your time. Do it right now. You better know that's your word. And if something's worried, is chill out right here. Stand still. I'm working something out for you. We said nope. My cousin doing this, and they got their business. And on Facebook, they move. I'm about to do it. It's my time. And you hit the hole and say, well, what was God? Well, God let that happen to me? I've been faithful." Let, me, let this happen to me God why I gotta quit the biggest part of discipline is knowing your voice I should put it like this knowing what voice belongs to you my shepherd has a voice I ain't talking about Jesus that's one voice but in the earth you should have a voice I think I'm going too fast I can't teach you, but I'll give you the third one. I'll I'll finish this on Wednesday night. Number three, disciple making is word-centered, people-to-people ministry. It is word-centered, people-to-people ministry because sheep begets sheep. Crave nation begets crave nation. Life kids beget life kids. Seasoned saints beget seasoned saints nobody 13 is attracted to go out with the seasoned saints no offense them, but they're just not but if you come in back of our church and see Crave over here and they, they, they lit you says they got some lit youth at their church you're not going to say oh look at this elder over here well praise God for her let me go over here you're not going to do that can we finish this Wednesday night come on back up um, here how many of y'all, are gonna, y'all say yes or you going to tune in Wednesday night Ain't nobody on this side saying nothing. Y'all going to tune in with (laughs) Can y'all give God praise for the word, please?